So hello, my name is Adrian Vandenhoven. I'm the Director General of Medicines for Europe, and I'm the host today for Conversations on EU Pharma. And I'm very pleased to have two very special guests for the discussion today. First of all, we have Radu Ganescu, who is the president of the National Coalition of Organizations for Patients with Chronic Conditions of Romania. Radu is a well-known guest here in Brussels, as he's also a member of the board of the European Patients Forum. Radu, welcome. Hello, welcome, and thank you for inviting me here. Thank you. And we also have Vera Pataki, who's the head of international market access at EGIS, but she's also the chair of the Central and Eastern European Network at Medicines for Europe. Vera, welcome. Thank you very much for the kind invitation and, and the opportunity to share our view regarding this important topic. Okay, well, great. So today we're going to be discussing a little bit more about access to medicines, focusing on the situation in Central and Eastern Europe. I think a lot of people are aware that in Central and Eastern European countries, there's less uh, spending on healthcare in general on a per capita basis than in Western European countries. And therefore, sometimes there are challenges for access to healthcare in general in uh, these countries, but there can also be specific problems related to access to medicines. And our two guests today are really specialized in this area and have a lot to share in our conversation. So I'm going to move straight to the questions. Radu, let's start with you. What are the main challenges that patients face in obtaining access to healthcare and medicines in Central and Eastern Europe, obviously from your perspective in Romania? Yes, thank you for for the question. It's very difficult to have one main challenge because we have different factors and different things that affect us our access to to medicines. And uh, you pinpointed exactly in the start of the discussion about the health investment and finance resources for the system. We know that in East European countries, the GDP for health is very low, and that's why sometimes the health system cannot provide the quality act of medical service or uh, medicines or things that uh, is happening in Western Europe. Radu, maybe just a follow-up question to this. Your main job and role is in your own country to help the patients there, but you also participate in a network at the European level called European Patients Forum, which is an important organization. Do you feel that in the European level discussions, when you're discussing with EU institutions or stakeholders, there's an awareness of the problems that are specific to Romania and to other Central and Eastern European countries? My personal opinion, I think there is awareness because there was many times when we have this discussion, not only me as a, a member of the board, but also my colleagues from the other countries. And uh, this discussion also was with you as a, a industry and other uh, partners, other stakeholders. And I think there is awareness. But in the same time, it's very difficult to make uh, universal access in Europe when you have different member states with different policy and different level of financing. So it's impossible to have the same solution for everyone. But I think in the end, we need a framework of European Union. And from that goes back to the member state and improve the legislation and also improve the access. So we need the European Union to get involved, do certain things, but this also needs to be replicated or followed through by member states. That's, that's, that's for sure. That's very for sure. helpful. Vera, let me turn to you now. 
your company is an important supplier and manufacturer of generic medicines. What role can generic medicines play in affordability, sustainability, and better access in healthcare systems? And are there particular things we can do in the Central Eastern European region to help address some of the problems that Radu has raised? Thank you very much. And first of all, uh, I am really, really pleased that Radu is here on, on our discussion because uh, at the end of the day, the patient is the most important for us, for everybody in this whole game. And to understand the patient perspective is really critical for us. So, And what Radu said exactly underlined the importance uh, of our actions at the European and local level as well. So to start my answer, let me share uh, my personal experience. Before joining the pharmaceutical industry as a pediatrician, I used to work uh, in an oncology clinic center. At that time, for us, it was a revolutionary change when we could complete our treatment with highly effective modern antiemetics, namely the Cetron family. Thanks to this uh, great supportive care, we could keep the original chemo protocol and improve the efficacy of uh, the anti-cancer therapy. However, due to the financial restrictions, it was a strictly limited uh, option for us, and we could utilize it only in a selected patient population. Several years later, after patent expiry of the expensive original product, and thanks to the generic launch, the situation has improved dramatically. The increased use of generic medicines represents an opportunity to improve the healthcare system value either providing access for substantially more patients at the same spending level, which means higher cost-effectiveness, or by decreasing expenditure at, low, at equal treatment rates. So these are really the role and benefits of the product. Focusing again on maybe another problem, I'll turn back to you, Radu. Obviously, COVID-19 has been very disruptive. Unfortunately, many people died from this uh, terrible infectious disease. But on top of that, most hospital and other services were disrupted in this context. We know that in, in many countries in Europe, for example, the diagnosis of cancer and other diseases has been completely disrupted, leading to, for example, in France, a potential additional 6,000 deaths anticipated or mortality anticipated in the cancer space. How has this been disrupted in Romania? And what have you done to try and help your members overcome some of these challenges? Imagine that you have a poor system of health system and after that you have a pandemic on the top of that. So it was crazy, if I may say that. Indeed, it's happening with the chronic patient. Practically, the, the system was unable to treat the COVID patient and the chronic patient at the same time. And it was collapsing. The second part of the pandemic, if you ask me, was the access to medicine. Because, like I told you in the, in the beginning, the access before pandemic was quite difficult for some, some of patients, some of our category of patients. But most of them, they could have access because they traveled outside Romania, you know, in Bulgaria, Hungary, in, even in Moldova, and uh, could procure some, some drugs, some medicine for their treatment. But with the pandemic and with the lockdown, these patients couldn't have access to the other countries. So the request of the drugs, the medicine in Romania increased in one day, practically. So in one day, we had more patients that need access to medicine. But the, the access was uh, almost shut down immediately because many of our medicine that was bringing the public circuit was transferred for the hospital 
for a closed circuit and where the patient didn't have access. So it was crazy, you know, and this issue was a problem for us. We tried to have different uh, donation for uh, patients. We tried to have different access for them in uh, outside Romania for treatment, but it was like a drop in the ocean. You know, it, it's something that we couldn't handle for, for all the patients. So maybe with this, maybe we can learn something, you know, maybe we can make uh, this situation as an experience, negative experience, but learn in the future in the way how the health system could prevent and could offer access for all the patients, no matter what is happening in reality, pandemic, earthquake, uh, major disaster or things like that. So yes, it was difficult. I think we didn't work prepared, not only Romania, the worldwide, if you ask me, we didn't uh, prepare nothing and we showed the, the weakness of the systems, especially the system that already didn't work before the pandemic. And uh, maybe now we can have a, a lesson from that and uh, try to improve it in the future. Vera, I'd like you to react to that. I mean, what Radu is describing is actually quite terrible. It sounds like patients, and there's no reason to doubt his word on this, Patients in Romania are often unable to access their medicines in Romania itself and therefore have to drive across the border or find various things, which uh, which is not straightforward, even if there are no more borders, with the exception of COVID times in the European Union. It's not straightforward to have to drive uh, multiple kilometers to another country to find your medicines. What could be done to make sure that Central and Eastern European patients can get access to important medicines in their own country without having to travel for miles and miles or kilometers and kilometers to do that. What are some of the things could be done in Romania or other Central and Eastern European countries to give those patients access and to make their lives easier so they can focus on their treatment? Thank you very much. Exactly. So you highlighted a critical point and definitely the legislation should be harmonized and improved significantly. And for that, there are some very important roles at European level. And it's really great that even uh, in, in European pharmaceutical strategy, it, it's clearly said that it should improve the patient access to the off-patent products, included generic ones. And the other very important point at national level, at government level, to implement this, this guidance, these policies, and to update the local one. Just to be a little bit more concrete, so on positive side, I can tell you that the, the generic entry is quite quick and straightforward in several Central Eastern European countries. The rules are clear, and if you follow the rules, you can really launch the product within a couple of months after registration. On the other hand, although the off-patent medicines, as we discussed, offer an opportunity to, to improve the healthcare system and the patient access, Generic medicines are frequently subject of drastic uh, short-term cost containment measures and extreme price pressure. So what I see here are kind of two big issues. While there are options with uh, generic or biosimilar medicines, for example, to treat more patients that make it very difficult to keep the medicines on the market, and that's unfortunately for you, Radu, the case in Romania where so many medicines have been withdrawn from the market, and these are typically very inexpensive uh, medicines, so therefore a good option for patients who, who sometimes have to pay copayment also in these countries. And then on the other side, so that's limiting access because if the medicine's not there, can't have access. Another case that was described in Poland 
they're using the generic or the biosimilar versions of the medicines, but they're not giving access to the patients who were restricted when the medicines were more expensive. So you have the cheaper medicines, they're available, but they're not given to every patient that needs them. That sounds like two unfortunate situations where you have a relatively easy solution to improve access, but it's not being used. Vera, it's clear that if you give access to medicines, but you don't give access to services, say a medical doctor, you're not going to get a prescription and therefore you're not going to get the medicine. Yeah, so actually, actually, I fully agree with Radu's comment. And back to European Union's and European Commission role, beside the policy recommendation and European actions, it's also critically important to share the best practices uh, across the member states and facilitate uh, the potential synergies and, and the learning opportunity. And honestly speaking, I would be even more uh, direct and provocative here. So Acknowledging that the health outcome is extremely poor in Central Eastern European countries compared to the European average, uh, I would really uh, ask uh, the European Commission to be more directive with, with these member states to create uh, KPIs, so targets, how to improve uh, the healthcare system and the outcomes. And for that, definitely there are some really great uh, opportunities, great tools like the off-patent medicines. Why not utilize it? And it's really, really very sad that despite of our economic uh, difficulties, these countries do not utilize the generic medicines and off-patent medicines as much as the significantly more Western European countries. So this is really an obvious waste of uh, opportunity. And here, maybe European Commission should be more, more, I would say, uh, strict with these member states. Yes, because practically sometimes these member states need guidelines. It's working in Germany, it's working in France. It's difficult to take it from there and copy-paste and put it here in Romania, in Bulgaria, or in the other country. But you can take the knowledge from there. And sometimes you have to have people that uh, can uh, work with you and improve what you have here as a, as a legislation or solution. So, yes, it's, it could be, and I think should be more involved the commission in the level of the member state. And unfortunately, until now, all the discussion was stopping at the member state. The health, it's a member state problem. Yes. But in the end, it's a European problem because if the member state could keep up the pace with the other states, will be a European problem. And I think now we are in that uh, in that road. It's a European problem, not Romania or Bulgaria or East European country. Well, I totally agree. And I think after the COVID experience, no one can say anymore that you can have poor treatment and poor health outcomes in one country and fantastic uh, treatment and fantastic outcomes in the other. I think uh, we have one maybe positive out of the very negative dark cloud of COVID-19 is I think there's now an understanding that we have to work together so that all Europeans get some basic form of equity. And I think this notion of, of health outcomes that we cannot let countries be 50% below the European average in terms of health outcomes, which in some of these diseases means you're going to be severely crippled in, in, in your daily life, or maybe even you're going to die. This is just unacceptable. So I think there's really an opportunity here for stakeholders to come together. And maybe to conclude our discussion, I'd just like to say 
what can we do as stakeholders? Obviously, we have a patient representative here. We have an industry representative. What can we do as stakeholders to help contribute to what I think is a necessary change to improve equity to healthcare across Europe? Uh, Vera, maybe we could start with you as a conclusion. Yeah, thank you very much. So first of all, as I mentioned, uh, the industry should act with the, the associations at both uh, national and European level. So we have already great experiences. We should share our experiences and learn from the great examples. And definitely we should facilitate, uh, as I mentioned, a multi-stakeholder discussion and bring the European examples and, and facilitate uh, the common solutions. And for that, definitely in Central Eastern European, the direction is, is very obvious very straightforward, to relieve the existing barriers, to change uh, the policy, the legislation. So for that, definitely, we need a, a good partnership and discussions with, with the decision makers, the payer, the policy makers, but also the key opinion leaders, and they should be also involved and engaged in this process. And the other very important point, is to demonstrate the potential benefits of these changes from payer perspective, from patient perspective. So every stakeholder should understand that these changes are needed and they will benefit for them. So it's really to create win-win situation. And it's obvious that we have uh, really great examples for that. And just to highlight an additional point, which is again very specific in our region, that we should be resilient and persistent because uh, due to the several changes, personal changes in, in the governments and policymakers, and Romania, again, a great example for that, we should be really persistent to start the negotiations again if newcomers are arriving into the decision-making procedure. Thank you. Thank you, Radu. Your concluding remarks on what we can do as stakeholders to improve better health outcomes, better access to treatment and, and diagnosis. I think Vera was pinpointed very well exactly the conclusion of the discussion, if you ask me. In the end of the day, we have to stay at the same table. We can improve it if we have the experience, the knowledge, and we are at the same table and work together. Otherwise, it's impossible to do it every uh, separate, every stakeholder and work in a small area or small things. We have to do it together and we have to do it as a partners. The second is stability. If we don't have stability in the level of the authority, level of the politics and involvement, you cannot change it. Because in the end of the day, it's a decision, a political decision, if you want to take out the clawback or not, or if you want to impose the low prices or not, or if you want to increase the transparency of the national drug agency or the national funds, if it's depending on the political decision. So they have to be at the same table and they have to decide it. The third one, I think the working at the interconnected stakeholder at the member state and with the European Commission. It's important to have this discussion from bottom up to top bottom, because otherwise you cannot be the lonely ranger and try to improve it and you are outside of the European Union. No, we are all together. We together should go in the same direction and work for the European patients. And for I think a lot of steps have been moved in the last years and maybe a lot of experience we, we gain with the pandemic. Maybe now 
maybe now and showing the, the, the direction that the, the commission is working and the member state is working, maybe now it's a good start to, to improve it and to have a dialogue, a discussion in the, the way that we can improve access for, for everyone. Maybe it's a start. I don't know. Absolutely. And I think as moderator here, as a conclusion, I think we've talked about a lot of problems. We've talked about really challenges with a low level of access to diagnosis, but also to medicines. This is translating into very poor health outcomes. These are the negatives. These are the downsides. But we have positive news as well that together as stakeholders, we can work with the EU institutions, with the uh, different governments of the region to change this situation, turn it around, to make medicines available, accessible, and most importantly, to get those health outcome levels up in these regions to the higher, more European standards. And I think this is something that we should really bring jointly in the future to the EU institutions to say, look, we need to get real equity in terms of healthcare, and that translates into better outcomes. So let's work together. And I want to thank both of you for this really uh, rich discussion, full of great examples, but also practical solutions that we can bring forward. And uh, I thank you very much for this discussion. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.